0: Welcome to a Canadian investing in the U.S. a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of a Canadian investing in the U S this week. My guest guest is Brady McDonald. Uh, Brady, let's start by, uh, giving everybody a little bit of a background and then we'll, uh, we'll have a conversation.
1: (laughs) Sure. First off, thanks Glenn. I've, uh, I'm super excited to be on here and, and, uh, and good talking to you it's uh exciting so okay so brady mcdonald i uh, grew up in on sound ontario canada small town um do, do you want me to give like i can give you like the kind of the Cole's notes version um you know went to college at uh 17 years old not really knowing what i was you know and i, and I, I like to add this point because it's all perspective you know, my goal when I went to college was, you know, to, to make fifty thousand dollars a year because that's what I thought was success looked like, right? And uh, so lo and behold, I went to school for forestry, uh, and between first year and second year, I well, I learned that there was this you know great company called Hydro One, and uh, and it's because my buddy's uh, brother actually, my my bu- buddy's another guy that we knew worked there and he always always had a full case of beer and a brand new truck. I'm like, okay, you know, at 17 years old, those are the important things. So, you know, (laughs) lo and behold, I just, I realized that that was an opportunity. So I just literally sent them my resume nonstop and uh, got a job in between first year and second year as a, as an apprentice there. Um, so I I ended up, uh, finishing my apprenticeship, you know, and, and ended up there for about 14 years. Um, and most of my career there, I was a utility arborist instructor. So we taught the, like the guy, we were, men and women how to climb trees and rope and rip them down around the hydrolytes. Um, and uh, I guess how we could spin this and how we got into real estate. You know, we, I was there for about 10 years, 11 years. Christy and I, we were, you know, my wife uh, was was pregnant. I always had a tree side hustle as well. So I always had Brady's uh, or Town of Country tree service. So, you know, I'd be working 40 hours a week for hydro and had a tree service on the side, which really kind of, you know, you know that was like what, where the, one of the opportunities where you could see like, whatever you put into it, you get out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not being limited by a corporation, limited by, you know, the, you know pol- politics and unions and stuff like that. And, um, and uh, so, you know, I, that was my side hustle, but when we were pregnant, we realized, okay, this is, you know, one, you're trading time for money, It's not scalable and it's super dangerous and you could die, right? Let's find something else that could create freedom. So we started looking into buying land and developing storage units. We started looking at buying franchises and and, and my wife was a real estate appraiser at the time and she actually ran into an appraisal for a guy and she's like, "Hey, I recognize you. What, you know, what do you do?" He's like, "Oh, I'm a full-time real estate investor." It was actually the Andrew Brennan is. You recognize yep. that name? Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. And um, you know, I didn't know Andrew at the time. This is in 2014. And he's like, "Full-time real estate." She's like, "Full-time real estate investor." Like, what does that look like? And he's like, Oh, I've got 87 doors." And you know, so she's like, "Oh my gosh, my husband would love to talk to you." So she comes back in the car, and I literally grab my notebook. I'm like, "Hey, you know, 87." Like, I did the math. How much mortgage pay down? How much appreciation? How much cash flow? You know, like this guy's making, I'm like this guy's making a million bucks a year. And this is my own math. I'm yeah. like that. That was the ooh ah moment where I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. So you know, from there, we uh, started educating ourselves, and, and that's kind of how we got into real estate investing.
0: <laughs> so you said a couple things that are cool. Um, scale, right? So I, I know you're you're building up a big portfolio uh, of properties. How do you, how do you do this? How how do you keep this under control as you're growing?
1: Yeah, so the big thing, you know, because I worked for Hydro One, I mean, it's a huge organization and obviously we were really into the safety aspect of, you know, very dangerous job that we did, but so what they did to, to train so many people and make sure that they didn't all die was to have systems and processes and checklists and forms to so that there was very odd systematic on how things were all done, right? And it right down from like, whether you put, you know, the safety inspection to the climate tree to how you inspected track, you name it and we all had a system. So that's just what we knew, what I knew. So when we started investing in real estate, for example, um, that's just like, I realized, holy crap, I'm wasting a lot of time buying materials and looking at a job and how can we automate this or systemize this so that, you know, yes, it's up work front to, to create this form, but now that after that, it takes 10 minutes to do, right? And it saves me hours of work and then I can get somebody else to do it after, right? To get all that information out of my brain into a form or process or checklist or whatever. And, and, and so that's essentially what we did, we just solved all our own problems when we felt there was a sticking point, we create a system for it, right? Yep. And then that system, we could get people to do it, right? Empower people and, and, and hire people. And that's ultimately, like those two things uh, is how we've been able to scale and do a lot of volume without, you know, without compromising, you know, our lifestyle um, in the meantime.
0: Okay. And then what, what does, what I know your business has changed throughout the the years of doing this thing, but how, how did it start? Like what kind of things were you doing? Buy holds, reno's, like what, how did it go and how did it sort of progress to what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, you know, when, once we met Andrew, uh, you know, we, we started educating ourselves as to what strategy would be best for us. Right. And I recently just renovated my house. So I learned how to do a lot of those tasks. So you know, and this was right when second suites came out in, in Ontario, so where you could convert a single family home into a duplex. So that's what we determined was the easiest strategy with regards to what well, paired well with my skill set, right? So, you know, we bought this single family home, converted it to a duplex and basically burned it. So we refinanced it once it was a duplex, that could give us all of our renovation money back in a large portion pay- of our down payment. And then, you know, and then we just, so we stuck to that strategy. So, you know, we did, you know, we to do that, initially we refinanced our primary residence like a lot of people do or should do if they're starting to thinking about getting into it, to come up with some capital. And we already, we got 150,000. We, we did that six or seven times with our own money and we were about to run out of capital. So, you know, like lots of investors do, they revert to joint venturing. So we started doing that and we ended up doing stuck to that strategy, just literally like picked all the fit and finishes, everything stayed the same. You know, we hired past staff, we did it all in house. Uh, all the renovations in-house except, except for electrical and some plumbing and, um, and and yeah we so the you know with the first year I think we did 13 or 14 next year we did 22 next year is 30 it's been 30 to 25 deals a year since so we did we did second suite conversions um, some multi like said 10 12 unit stuff where we would buy them refurb them refinance them um, we did, probably did about 80 of those over you know from up until 2019. And then um, 2020, what they allowed us to do in Barry was to build the coach houses in the backyards. So we would, it, and that, it was just kind of like a saving grace because the numbers for a second suite or duplex were getting so expensive yep. that the matches didn't work. The cash, they didn't cash flow, right? So it was kind of our saving grace. So then we buy a single family home, convert it to a duplex and build a coach house in the backyard, which is a single family home in the backyard, 650, 750 square feet. And yep. Essentially what we're creating is a triplex. Yep. So then you, you know, we get that, extra big bump, right, in the refi. And, you know, that worked out really well. Um, you know, we did, we probably built 40 or 50 of those. Yep. Um, and then we saw the writing on the wall, the numbers were just going so high and it was becoming again, we were just kind of, the strategy was dying because the values of the houses and the properties and and then the, you know, the municipalities just started really tightening up on it. So, um, you know, then we started buying land you know, big lots, knocking down the houses, severing them into as many lots as we could, and then building purpose-built duplexes with coach houses in the backyards, just because we could, you know, you could make, again, the numbers work that way. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are in Ontario right now with regards to land development that are, you know, our strategy. Um, We've got a lot of those types of projects on the go and we're still still dumping coach houses in the backyards of some of the properties that were duplexed before. So we're just maximizing the use on those. so I guess uh, like to where we are today, so I, I just told you that story, we are always forced to make the next big step, Yeah. right? Where, um, you know, and so this year we're making the conscious effort and conscious decision to just say, okay, I'm not gonna be pushed into the next direction, I'm taking the next step. And so that's kind of led us into where we are um, in the United States Yeah. And, uh, and, and scaling into this, into this market and into a couple of different avenues here.
0: Cool. So I, I've seen a bunch of your videos, but for people who haven't, what uh, what is the game plan? Uh, what, are you, what are you trying to do now in the U.S.? When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process, make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com/slash coaching.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll just tell this part of the story just because I think it's relative to a lot of people maybe that have interest. Like, I struggled, you know, I knew that we were coming down here for for a long time. Like, the plan was all since last winter to come down here, but I really struggled. Personally, um, with really determining my strategy or creating relationships remotely. So for me, I really didn't put too much homework into it um, until I got down here. So my goal was to, you know, show up at a at a mastermind event, which I did in Destin in, in, in December. And my goal was out of that mastermind was two things, create relationships and determine my strategy. So I went to that event, you know, there was rock star real estate investors from all across the United States there. Um, you know, guys that have done thousands of deals, um, you know, all kinds of different strategies, including storage and, and mobile home parks and flipping and wholesaling and, and, and whatnot. And so I really got to see a broad range of, um, ex- like hear a lot of the expert like broad range of topics and create relationships with these people. And, and from there, so I, I met my two goals, I created relationships and I met uh, a guy who does self storage in a big way. So I, um, you know, so from, from that mastermind, I came up with this is our two goals. So we're gonna flip twenty to thirty houses uh, this year. Um, you know, set up the business. That was the goal to get to twenty to thirty flips, and that's the goal there was to create some income in the United States, so we didn't have to keep bringing money across. And then in the meantime, work towards the bigger play of develop, developing self storage facilities. And so, you know, I was thinking. So we then we were like, okay, well, where do we want to be? Right. And where, which market are we going to focus on? And I was always a big proponent. Um, and again, it's just the way I operate. You know, I, I know a lot of people like Glenn, uh, like maybe even you Glenn can do it in multiple different towns. I'm like, I struggle with that. So I, you know, even in, in Ontario, we stuck within an hour of a house. And so when we got to Florida, we kind of started looking, okay, we know Cape Coral, Fort Myers area. Yep. And so we, I started poking down towards like Sarasota or sorry, up to Sarasota and down to Naples, and trying to, we we're looking at lots of properties, making lots of offers. And we ended up buying a bunch of stuff, uh, properties in Cape Coral, like, you know, closest to home, you know, where, where your focus goes is the, the yep. uh, energy flows of the deals flow. So, um, yeah, like I, so that's kind of, we bought some, some properties here to flip, yep. um, you know, thinking, okay, getting to that 20 to 30 deal flow, thinking that storage is going to take a little bit longer to kind of get into, but that's coming to fruition a lot faster than expected. So it'll probably, well, it's definitely going to turn to the main focus now. Point
0: okay. Point. And then so, so self storage, um, what, what's involved in even figuring out if the place needs self storage? Cause like, I think the worst thing to do would be go build some sort of facility and then there's, there's no, no one's renting it from you. How do you, yeah. how do you figure out if that place needs it?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, um, so like there's a lot of due diligence required to to jump into any type of real estate investment or investment period, right? Um, So for self-storage in particular, there's actually amazingly a a lot of information out there through multiple different platforms in which you can determine the the demand, right? So, um, you know, there's a couple of metrics that people will utilize, which would be like the state. Typical. So the uh, square foot per capita is one of the main metrics in the state, but then also you know across the United States or say Canada, that's where you're going um, across the whole board. So they would use those two metrics. So let's say for example, uh, Florida's five seven square feet per person is is like the demand. Well, then what you would do is you'd find a location in which the demand, the the supply in that actual location in St. Cape Coral is only five in this one little neighborhood, right? Well, that tells you that there's two square feet of demand per person, right? So then it's just math, right? So you figure out, okay, within the three mile radius of this this lot, you know, there's maybe there's demand for 200,000 square feet of net rentable, and you were planning to build a 100,000 square foot facility Right. It's it's that's kind of the, the the math and how you look to determine whether the whether there's demand there and that whether your supply will over supply it or undersupply supply it.
0: itself. Makes a lot of sense. Um, but why why not just do the big self-storage facility in, in uh, Barrie? Why why go all the way to Cape Cor?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, okay, so there's a couple things. One, we are you know, we like to not be in Barrie in the winter. Um, you know, last, last winter we were in, in Cape or in, uh, where, where, where'd we go? Costa Rica all last winter. So that was part of the move again, you know, obviously Costa Rica is amazing. There's not a ton of massive opportunities like there is in the United States. Um, so that's one of the reasons is, is that for that reason, the other thing too, is, um, you know, the cost to build in the, like Florida, Texas places where it's not cold is way cheaper. Right, you don't have the insulation factors. You don't have um, frost that you need to address and deal with. Right, so those are two massive factors, and the co- the overall the cost to build in these states is just significantly cheaper than it is up in Ontario.
0: Makes sense. And then, so a uh, cell storage facilities, uh, you know, depending on what scale you're going for, it could be a, a very expensive uh, venture to build. Um, what, what I'm you don't have to answer this, but I'm just curious. Do you go through the the syndication process to raise a whole bunch of people, or do you go to the JV model and just fit a couple people in.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're going the syndication route. Okay. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know what I kind of I'm excited to talk about it because I this is the first time I've ever actually Glenn, I'll tell you the truth. So I was yeah. driving on the way down to Florida, that mastermind, I'm like, okay, i got to start learning about investing in the United States. What better way am I going to do it than listen to your podcast? So I literally drove, you know, 23 hours by myself and listened to like any podcast that had any interest to me. Right. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I messaged you and I tagged them like, this is awesome tagging you in the post and stuff. But, um, so that was kind of my first, point to like my first, uh, you know, um, educational points, I guess, with regards to syndication, uh, to, because I don't find like Canadians, like there isn't like any typical, like, I don't know. There's not a lot of investors in the residential space. Talk about it. It's yeah. like, they keep it a close net that secret, but <laughs> it is like, to me, I'm like, now that I know it, I'm, I'm like, Holy crap, it opens up the door to, to buying as big as you want. Um, so yeah, syndications, um, you know, we're, we've got a structure where um, dependent on the size of the, the project, you know, the financing here is, is pretty unbelievable. You can get 75 to 80% loan to cost construction financing for this type of uh, construction, which is amazing compared to what you can get in Canada. Um, you know, that then you'd be looking to get that other 20 to 25% equity raised um, in the syndication.
0: Cool. Yeah. And, and like, I know that like syndications, there's like many different ways to set this up. Um, are you, and there's a lot of different advantages and disadvantages uh, with advertising and everything else with different strategies. Um, did you go down the path where it was more of the friends and family one, which I think is a 503 B
1: if my memories,
0: or yeah. more on the like a side where you need accredited investors to.
1: We're doing the accredited investor route. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, whenever, especially when you're talking about working with uh, Canadians, like um, <laughs> it sounds like they need so much money, but there is there is so much money in Canada. That everyone's house is doubled in price. Like there there is money. It, it sounds so daunting, but it there is money everywhere.
1: Every especially now, like yeah, like if you if anybody had a house <laughs> in the last like three years or you know two years. You know, everybody has $100,000 uh, of, you know, available equity for sure there is. And I mean, that's a huge, you know, resource. I mean, that's always been a resource for us when we deal with joint venture partners, right? Yeah. That's usually where they're coming up with their capital with for, for the JV structure. I mean, it's a good, great way to, to leverage, um, you know, for syndications or any type of investment. Anyway, Either way, like leveraging the bank's money is, is kind of how, you know, to get significantly wealthy these days.
0: I'm going to take this down a slightly different path because it's always of interest to me because I have children. Um, yeah. You have children. You're down in the U.S. Do you have to homeschool your kids or what do, what do you go down? How do you pull this off, right? Yeah. <laughs> I assume yeah. your kids are in school still.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've got a seven-year-old, uh, Kylie, and then we've got a baby. She's 16, 17 months. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like what I guess we we'll kind of spin it back to uh, Costa Rica last year. So like COVID was coming down hard before Christmas. The writing was on the wall that the kids were going back, and I'm like I'm not being held up in this. Like I just can't live like that. I just can't. I just can't sit still. So th- that's when we quickly made the decision to go to Costa Rica, um, and and from there. So K- Kylie's in private school, and so their school was super accommodating last year, um, and so they stayed online for her. And even when they did go back to school, so they were online for. They were all online for some time, but then they, when they did go back, they stayed on for her. And then this year, they announced they said like they would stay online if the, you know, the student was going away for, you know, like a long time, not just like a week trip type thing. They weren't gonna, you know, give them the option. But so we we talked to the school and they gave us the option. So she's been going to school, yeah, online. Um, you know, so every every single day, it's you know we stick to the same routine: wake up, you know, school when it's done it's done <laughs> we can go outside and do whatever hit the beach or yeah just do normal stuff but
0: yeah no my kids my kids loved it too because they just you know i have a seven and a four um and yeah. they they, they love to just have your list get through all the work and then go play right just yeah. power through it because you know it doesn't take the whole day to do all that work
1: well that's so true yeah and you know what like we we're seeing both sides of it i mean it's kind of like and I mean, this is kind of the downside of doing what we've done so far is that, you know, um, you know, it's hard for Kylie, obviously, to meet friends who we've moved around a lot. Like, I mean, yeah. we're sacrificing your short term. But I think in the end, once, you know, we're going to create that stabilized life that she needs, right, that'll be the focus. The next step is now that we've got roots here to make sure that we can really get her into the uh, community here. We're putting her in school or, or in hockey and skating and and uh, that type of stuff to really, you know, try to make sure that all her needs are met, you know, just as well as obviously the business and the growth.
0: So is the plan going forward to stay in Florida, like your you're keep your family in Florida?
1: So yeah, we're working on our ET visa. I believe actually the, the lawyers applied yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, so the investor visa, yeah, so that, uh, we're, we're planning on fast tracking that. So you just have to pay another fee of course, and you can they can look at it, I think within 15 days. Yep. Um, yeah. So hopefully, you know, hopefully that all pans out and then we'll, you know, we'll make, uh, you know, more like concrete decision a little bit down the road, but it's kind of looking that we probably spend more time here, um, you know, growing this, growing this side of the business.
0: Okay. And you still have the business up in Barrie. So do you have your own team that still runs that? Or do you hire out property management? Or how do you keep track of all that now that you're kind of doing the opposite of me? I'm in Canada, managing my U.S. stuff. You're going to be in the U.S. managing Canada and U.S. stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. So, we, um, you know, similar to you, like, I'm sure you've got a team we've got, like, so we really built the company uh, around our own staff. So we, you know, we solve try to solve our own problems by bringing everything in house. So we all, we have, about 20 staff. So we do all the renovations in-house, property management in-house. And we've got some you know, great leadership and skill or and uh, processes and, and ways to to make sure that the workflow happens systematically. Um, and obviously, you know, with scheduled team calls to keep updated and to just to keep the rhythm of, of things going. So yeah, it's it's been it's been operating that way for you know since 2018, really where we didn't have to be around. Yep. Um yeah, it's so it's that means quality.
0: you do it. All
1: right. <laughs> we all have our own roles in it. You know, like they they actually prefer when I'm not around because then they probably micromanage less, right? You do less. Yeah. I mean, and uh, like my responsibility with that with that company is always finding the deals, dealing with joint venture partners, making sure that things get funded, and you know that we can move. Through. I don't slow the project down from that from that perspective, and that they have lots of work
0: makes a lot of sense no and that means you set it up properly that you're you don't have to work in the business you you know you
1: have a business <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, work, just work on it not in it right yeah
0: exactly um yeah. brady people wanted to uh track you down they wanted to find more about uh, any information to be work with you in barry work with you in uh in florida like well, how are they do this
1: yeah, so we can, uh, just on Facebook, you can find me. I've got a personal page and a business page, Brady McDonald. Um, and then I think uh, on Instagram, it's bradymcdonald 84 at mcdonald 84 And then, um, you know, we're hosting masterminds down here on real estate investing in the United States uh, for different people. So I'm trying to really provide the same um, outcome that I was able to, to get from the first mastermind I went to, but it's really more focused for Canadians, where that one was Americans. So, you know, that's another good opportunity. Um, you can check that out. It's Florida, mastermindflorida.com. This would be another uh, way to get a hold of us.
0: Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Glenn. I appreciate uh, having you. I look forward to chat with you again. Awesome.